0: Part Five, Chapter Three of O Pioneers This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. O Pioneers, by Willa Cather. Part Five, Alexandra. Chapter Three. The next afternoon Carl and Alexandra were walking across the fields from Mrs. Hiller's. Alexandra had left Lincoln after midnight, and Carl had met her at the Hanover station early in the morning. After they reached home, Alexandra had gone over to Mrs. Hiller's to leave a little present she had bought for her in the city. They stayed at the old lady's door but a moment, and then came out, to spend the rest of the afternoon in the sunny fields. Alexandra had taken off her black travelling suit and put on a white dress, partly because she saw that her black clothes made Carl uncomfortable, and partly because she felt oppressed by them herself. They seemed a little like the prison where she had worn them yesterday, and to be out of place in the open fields. Carl had changed very little. His cheeks were browner and fuller. He looked less like a tired scholar than when he went away a year ago, but no one, even now, would have taken him for a man of business. His soft, lustrous black eyes, his whimsical smile, would be less against him in the Klondike than on the Divide. There are always dreamers on the frontier. Carl and Alexandra had been talking since morning. Her letter had never reached him. He had first learned of her misfortune from a San Francisco paper, four weeks old, which he had picked up in a saloon, and which contained a brief account of Frank Shabata's trial. When he put down the paper, he had already made up his mind that he could reach Alexandra as quickly as a letter could, and ever since he had been on the way, day and night, by the fastest boats and trains he could catch. His steamer had been held back two days by rough weather." As they came out of Mrs. Hiller's garden, they took up their talk again, where they had left it. "'But could you come away like that, Carl, without arranging things? Could you just walk off and leave your business?' Alexandra asked. Carl laughed. "'Prudent, Alexandra. You see, my dear, I happen to have an honest partner. I trust him with everything. In fact, it's been his enterprise from the beginning, you know. I'm in it only because he took me in.' I'll have to go back in the spring. Perhaps you will want to go with me, then. We haven't turned up millions yet, but we've got a start that's worth following. But this winter I'd like to spend with you. You won't feel that we ought to wait longer, on Emil's account, will you, Alexandra?' Alexandra shook her head. "'No, Carl, I don't feel that way about it. And surely you needn't mind anything Lou and Oscar say now.' "'They are much angrier with me about Emil now than about you. "'They say it was all my fault, "'that I ruined him by sending him to college.' "'No, I don't care a button for Lou or Oscar. "'The moment I knew you were in trouble, "'the moment I thought you might need me, "'it all looked different. "'You've always been a triumphant kind of person.' "'Karl hesitated, looking sidewise at her strong, full figure. "'But you do need me now, Alexandra.' she put her hand on his arm. "'I needed you terribly when it happened, Carl. I cried for you at night. Then everything seemed to get hard inside of me, and I thought perhaps I should never care for you again. But when I got your telegram yesterday, then—then it was just as it used to be. You are all I have in the world, you know.' Carl pressed her hand in silence. They were passing the Shabatas' empty house now, but they avoided the orchard-path, and took one that led over by the pasture-pond. "'Can you understand it, Karl? Alexandra murmured. "'I have had nobody but Ivar and Signa to talk to. Do talk to me. Can you understand it? Could you have believed that of Marie Tovesky? I would have been cut to pieces, little by little, before I would have betrayed her trust in me.' Carl looked at the shining spot of water before them. Maybe she was cut to pieces too, Alexandra. I am sure she tried hard. They both did. That was why Emil went to Mexico, of course. And he was going away again, you tell me, though he had only been home three weeks. You remember that Sunday when I went with Emil up to the French church fair? I thought that day there was some kind of feeling, something unusual between them. I meant to talk to you about it but on my way back I met Lou and Oscar, and got so angry that I forgot everything else. You mustn't be hard on them, Alexandra. Sit down here by the pond a minute. I want to tell you something. They sat down on the grass-tufted bank, and Carl told her how he had seen Emil and Marie out by the pond that morning, more than a year ago, and how young and charming and full of grace they had seemed to him. "'It happens like that in the world sometimes, Alexandra,' he added earnestly. "'I've seen it before. "'There are women who spread ruin around them through no fault of theirs, "'just by being too beautiful, too full of life and love. "'They can't help it. "'People come to them as people go to a warm fire in winter. "'I used to feel that in her when she was a little girl. "'Do you remember how all the Bohemians crowded round her in the store that day, "'when she gave Emil her candy?' YOU REMEMBER THOSE YELLOW SPARKS IN HER EYES?' Alexandra sighed. "'Yes. People can't help loving her. Poor Frank does, even now, I think, though he's got himself in such a tangle that for a long time his love has been bitterer than his hate. But if you saw there was anything wrong, you ought to have told me, Carl.' Carl took her hand and smiled patiently. My dear, it was something you felt in the air, as you feel the spring coming, or a storm in summer. I didn't see anything. Simply, when I was with those two young things, I felt my blood go quicker. I felt—how shall I say it?—an acceleration of life. After I got away, it was all too delicate, too intangible to write about. Alexandra looked at him mournfully. I try to be more liberal about such things than I used to be. I try to realize that we are not all made alike. Only, why couldn't it have been Raoul Marcel or Jan Smirka? Why did it have to be my boy? Because he was the best there was, I suppose. They were both the best you had here. The sun was dropping low in the west when the two friends rose and took the path again. The straw-stacks were throwing long shadows, the owls were flying home to the prairie-dog town. When they came to the corner where the pastures joined, Alexandra's twelve young colts were galloping in a drove over the brow of the hill. "'Carl,' said Alexandra, "'I should like to go up there with you in the spring. I haven't been on the water since we crossed the ocean when I was a little girl.' "'After we first came out here I used to dream sometimes about the shipyard where father worked, and a little sort of inlet, full of masts.' Alexandra paused. After a moment's thought she said, "'But you would never ask me to go away for good, would you?' "'Of course not, my dearest. I think I know how you feel about this country as well as you do yourself.' Carl took her hand in both his own and pressed it tenderly. Yes, I still feel that way, though Emil is gone. When I was on the train this morning, and we got near Hanover, I felt something like I did when I drove back with Emil from the river that time, in the dry year. I was glad to come back to it. I've lived here a long time. There is great peace here, Carl, and freedom. I thought when I came out of that prison where poor Frank is, that I should never feel free again. But I do, here." Alexandra took a deep breath, and looked off into the Red West. You belong to the land, Carl murmured, as you have always said, now more than ever. Yes, now more than ever. You remember what you once said about the graveyard, and the old story writing itself over. Only it is we who write it, with the best we have. They paused on the last ridge of the pasture, overlooking the house and the windmill and the stables that marked the site of John Bergson's homestead. On every side the brown waves of the earth rolled away to meet the sky. "'Lou and Oscar can't see those things,' said Alexandra suddenly. "'Suppose I do will my land to their children. What difference will that make? The land belongs to the future, Carl. That's the way it seems to me.' how many of the names on the county clerk's plat will be there in fifty years? I might as well try to will the sunset over there to my brother's children. We come and go, but the land is always here, and the people who love it and understand it are the people who own it, for a little while. Carl looked at her wonderingly. She was still gazing into the west, "'and in her face there was that exalted serenity "'that sometimes came to her at moments of deep feeling. "'The level rays of the sinking sun shone in her clear eyes. "'Why are you thinking of such things now, Alexandra?' "'I had a dream before I went to Lincoln, "'but I will tell you about that afterward, after we are married. "'It will never come true, now, in the way I thought it might.' "'She took Carl's arm, and they walked toward the gate.' How many times have we walked this path together, Carl? How many times we will walk it again? Does it seem to you like coming back to your own place? Do you feel at peace with the world here? I think we shall be very happy. I haven't any fears. I think when friends marry, they are safe. We don't suffer like those young ones. Alexandra ended with a sigh. They had reached the gate before Carl opened it. He drew Alexandra to him and kissed her softly, on her lips and on her eyes. She leaned heavily on his shoulder. "'I am tired,' she murmured. "'I have been very lonely, Carl.' They went into the house together, leaving the divide behind them, under the evening star. Fortunate country that is one day to receive hearts like Alexandra's into its bosom, to give them out again in the yellow wheat— in the rustling corn, in the shining eyes of youth, end of Chapter three of Part 5, and end of "O Pioneers" by Willa Cather. Recorded in February, March and April, 2007, by Rachel Ellen, Yosemite, California.